Hi, I'm Hilary Adler. I am here in Hell's Kitchen, New York City, for a podcast with a few members from Out in Tech for our Diversity Week. Now, I'm sitting here with Gary Goldman, who is the program director, um, Jenny DeCampos, who's the diversity and inclusion chair, and here with Joe Aletto, who's head of the New York chapter. Welcome, you guys, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, so Gary, you you know you're you're one of the founding members. Am I correct? Actually, I got involved as a volunteer. I think a year or two into the organization's founding, mm-hmm. um, but I'm one of two staff members of the organization. Okay. So, just give me a rundown. What's what's going on with Outtech? What are you guys doing? So, the sort of elevator pitch of Outtech, we are a nonprofit that unites the LGBTQ tech community. Um, it's a fairly recent nonprofit. We started in 2014 as a you know, just very informal affinity group. Um, A few people who worked in tech were frustrated with the lack of an ability to socialize within their work environments. So they sent out an email and said, you know, if you're queer and you want to grab a beer, let's get together at a bar and 200 people showed up. And so from then- 20 uh, or 200? 200. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Uh, What did the bar do? I, I, they probably were really happy with it. <laughs> I'm assuming it was a weekday. day. Uh, and since then, it's grown considerably from a programming perspective and a member's perspective. You know, from just being uh, social events and a way to have a safe space for queer people to socialize to now having panel events and demo events, networking events, and all the volunteering. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll, maybe we'll get a bit more uh, into that. And now we have 16,000 members um, in, te- in 10 chapters around the world. So eight in the U.S., and then we have a London chapter and one in Shanghai. And so, Joe, you're the head of the New York chapter, right? Yeah. What, what's the membership like here? We have about 10,000 people based in New York. Um, we actually had our biggest event uh, this past social at that PhD at Dream Downtown. We had, I think, over 600 people there, which is pretty astounding, just the growth we've had. I joined two years ago um, working under Gary before mm-hmm. he ascended to the heights of the, our second full-time employee. Uh, but it's it's been exciting to see the community that comes together for the New York events. You get, obviously, engineers, people who are technical, but you also get people like me who work in tech companies who cannot code. I, yeah. you know, and then I put on these events about coding, which is informational for me, but it's inspiring to see everyone get together and, and share something that I, frankly, am so foreign to. So out in tech, did it start primarily as like as a forum for gay men to discuss being out in tech, or was it always meant to be inclusive for both gay men and women? I'm going to say both, to be honest. So the founding members, those people who initially were on that email chain, were gay men, and so people who showed up at that event that I wasn't, I wasn't part of the story back then, probably were uh, gay men, and then. Um, there was a discord, a discordance of you know cis whites, gay men who were showing up at these events. And when we started, when we incorporated, became a nonprofit, and it became obvious that the importance of Alton Tech to provide a safe space for the entire queer community was at the core of our mission. That's when we started expanding the type of events that we did, and also some of our outreach programs to really target all colors of the rainbow. Um, yeah. And so then, Jenny, you hopped on board to help transition things and to, to bring gay women to the fold, right? Like, to really spread the diversity within the diversity. Yeah, definitely. So I started with Out of Tech just going to their events and kind of always noticed that there were definitely more gay men than there were women or people of color. Um, and I think the umbrella of Out of Tech is really, you know, 
within the LGBTQ plus community, which is really awesome because it's not just focused on, you know, going to events where it's just queer women or going to events where it's just queer men. It's both worlds combining. And that's really, really amazing because you, we can expand your network so much, you know? Um, so yeah, I got involved with Gary um, and with Joe and we started hosting events um, for, we call ourselves the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Um, and so we host events for, for women, people of color, and trans people as well. So then I'm gonna pose this question to all of you guys. And we'll start with Jenny, which is, you know, what do you think the state of diversity in tech is overall? Like, are we sitting in a unique position, like in a prime position to make this industry as diverse as possible? Where, you know, coming off of the Me Too movement, coming off of just, just Black Lives Matter, uh, time's up in the advertising industry. Like, it feels like suddenly we're sitting on the cusp of something great. Um, how, like, how do we address that? How do we make sure that teams are building good, diverse teams? Um, yeah, it's amazing how just within the past year how the conversation has changed. It's incredible. And it feels it's, so rapid. Yeah. Um, it's also really inspiring that people are, like, standing up and, like, bringing light to these discussions, right, and bringing light um, within their own community and workforce. Um, you know, I've been interviewing the past um, couple of weeks, and um, diversity and inclusion is something recruiters talk about now with me. They see it on my resume, and it's something that, you know, they spotlight within their own um, company about what they're doing as far as, you know, trying to improve, um, you know, diversity and inclusion um, within their company, and it's really, really awesome. Um, and so I think it's a really an amazing time. Um, I don't think we were we are where we need to be, obviously, but I think if we look, you know, in the next two years, um, I think we're going to see incredible changes within the tech community as far as diversity goes. Yeah, and Gary, what do you? Um, I totally agree with you, Jenny. One of the things that's a bit dismaying, you said, you know, there's progress to be made. I think we'll see progress. There's a lack of empirical data when it comes to queer representation within tech companies. Um, yes, yes. I don't know. Did you see the dear tech people? No, um, what's what's your tech people? It was like, it was it was a it was a survey run, um, and they looked at they looked at basically every other metric. Are you are you black? Are you white? Are you Hispanic? Latino? Like, what are you? The one question that they didn't ask was, are you LGBTQ? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, the lack of data makes it hard to have a baseline and to essentially then have projections. I will say uh, the shift that I've seen is one from thinking of diversity as something that you need to do kind of because it's the right thing to do and maybe something that is, as some people would say, PC or marketing ploy to understanding that it's key to um, creating better products, to creating a better company, to keeping your employees longer and to be competitive in the marketplace. Um, and I think certainly that's been reflected with organizations putting money where their mouth is and, you know, actually having a global head of diversity um, in their companies. Those are new positions uh, and investing in organizations like Alden Tech and really seeing how investing in diversity initiatives can be uh, beneficial for the company. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about the products uh, that, that diverse teams can build. And I remember, I think it was a soap dispenser that was probably built by a team of fair-skinned people that wouldn't function. Maybe it was a, a hand dryer that wouldn't function if your hand, your skin tone was dark enough. It just wouldn't turn on because it couldn't detect it. Crazy. Mm. So the fact that that even happens, like at, at Jet, what we do now is we have teams that actually test out some of like the marketing things. See in any of the photos, we make sure that they're diverse. We make sure that the verbiage that is going out to um, 
our our customers actually is applicable and yeah. inclusive, and it's not just here's something that doesn't concern you. Um, I think that diversity is now making uh, is now sort of commonplace in in entry level positions. I I think the next cusp for us is higher up, and I think that's what we're trying to trying to encourage. I I mean I look around at the companies I've worked at thus far and. There is a trend of cis white men mm-hmm. at the top, and yeah. that's hard for someone like me who's trying to work my way up. How do I see myself at that level, managing people, or, or even being a director, or being C-suite, any of those things? Yeah, you know, one of the things that's um, that's important to remember is the big players, the big companies, the Googles, Amazons, and Facebooks of the world have specific employee resource group for queer people. But I think what Allen Tech provides is a space for people who work at you know smaller companies, uh, mid-sized startups who don't have either a dedicated human resource group, let alone a diversity team, um, to have a space to network and feel comfortable um, and to view other career paths and to see, visibly see queer people in positions of power at their work and be able to network uh, accordingly. I think that's really important. If you can see yourself represented, then you'll certainly uh, be more likely to apply or to feel like, oh, this company could be a good fit, that, which is something we're really trying to do with our youth mentorship program. Tell me, tell me a little bit about the youth mentorship. And I do want to get back to, eventually, we'll get back to the soap dispenser thing. But yeah, quickly quickly touch on the, the youth mentorship. Thing. Yeah, uh, so we have two impact programming at uh, Tech. Actually, one of them, just a little side note, is uh, Digital Core, uh, which is how Jenny initially got involved. I thought you were going to tell that origin story. <laughs> I thought about it, but... <laughs> Jenny is actually the reason why we have Digital Core. And the concept of the program is to build websites for LGBTQ activists around the world. Oh and this initially started at Jenny's previous employer, and she's the one who really pushed... Uh, the initiative, and we had our first event thanks to her. Yeah, oh. um, so I was invited to um, ladder. Uh, <laughs> so I was invited to uh, the Obama White House back in 2015. Casual. 2016. <laughs> That's <what it> is. <laughs> Same. You know, like. um, I doubt they have the program now at the White House. They do not have that program now, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, the White House invited. Um, a bunch of leaders within the LGBT community to kind of come together and focus on how tech can solve some of um, the problems that the government was facing. Um, and I just got so inspired by all of these people and what they were doing within their own companies. And I was like, I have to do more. And at this time, I was working at Squarespace um, and kind of just went to the head of people. And she was amazing. And I said, I have to do more within my own community. How can Squarespace help? and she was on board with us. Um, so we reached out to Out in Tech, and we kind of tried try to brainstorm um, ideas, and Gary came up with this amazing idea um, to build um, websites for different nonprofits around the world where you know it's either illegal to be gay, or there's harsh laws for being gay, or just not as accepted um, you know, for being gay in your own community or being you know, the true you. Um, and that's how I got involved with it. Yeah, and since then, um... Automatic, which is the parent company of WordPress, uh, took over as the, the sponsor of that program. And with them, we built over 40 websites for activists around the world. And it was just like a, an easy way to connect a community of engineers um, who are queer and who want to give back with people who really could use their talent and their skills. Youth mentorship. 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And so, so there's Visual Core, and then there's the Youth Mentorship Program, which now is uh, very active in New York. They're on their third cohort. In fact, if you look behind you, you'll see a bunch of boxes. Those are Microsoft Surface tablets, and we're going to give them to all of our new mentees next Aww. Wednesday. Um, okay. Essentially, the Youth Mentorship Program operates like this. We will get a lot of applications from queer identifying uh, college students and now high school students who want to uh, you know, learn to code, who want to build a portfolio. We'll then pull from our community uh, people who match that desire. So for instance, if you are looking to learn JavaScript, we'll find someone who knows that. If you're interested in fashion, if you're interested in finance, well, finance perhaps less if you're a high schooler or a college student, <laughs> we'll match you with that, with that, kind of, with that profile. And then, um, so, each mentee will meet with his or her mentor uh, two times a week for an hour, and then during that period of two months, there will be a kickoff event, a field trip. So, for instance, next week our field trip is at Bloomberg, and then a um, graduation. Mm -hmm. And at the graduation, um, the mentees showcase the work they've been doing, the product that they have, and we really hope that this program is a way to, it's three things. It's to introduce them to the world of tech, to visit companies and learn about internship programs. So for instance, um, we had a panel at Google and it was a bunch of people within Google who were across a variety of um, departments in the company and also a variety of sexual orientation and gender identity telling them about their own, you know, like what I studied, how I got here, you know, what I wish I had known. So that's the first one, to really see yourself and think about your own career path. Second, to develop something tangible, you know, a, a product, whether it's a small app or even a portfolio or resume you can showcase. And the third one is to really build a community of people. Um, you know, we've seen that all the mentees and the mentors really have kept in touch uh, throughout the different cohorts, and that's been really heartwarming. So... I love the youth mentorship program. This is the third iteration, and we're hoping this year to yeah. expand it to uh, other cities. But it's a lot of work, you know. There's, you know, background checks obviously for the mentors. We need to make sure it's done in a really um, safe way because yeah. you're dealing with sometimes minors and, you know, ch children basically. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, these these kids, they're they're the future of our industry. So it's, it's good that we're you know we're pushing we're pushing this diversity to them and kind of helping build them up, and it's going to prevent. The soap dispenser issues, um, but not only that. I was thinking when you were talking about that, I was thinking about when Google, like with their with their AI the software, the photo when they when they had identified a, a black female as a gorilla, and then H and M when they put that monkey shirt on, a, you know, a black boy. Like these are things that should not be happening in 2018. And could be easily people who probably saw really? that before it was approved, right? Right, and yeah. they're probably all white people, like straight white people. And mm -hmm. the fact, like, yeah. if if you had a diverse team on board, like these things wouldn't happen. Yeah, and these companies, you know, they're outwardly trying to be so diverse and trying to target such a broad audience. But if they don't have that same audience on the inside, they're going to keep running into these, let's call them events, where they put out products that either appeal to that very tiny sliver of the demographic that is represented within the company, or they're just going to have another PR sort of scandal. And then hopefully that will encourage them to have some sort of introspective look at how they're staffing. But I mean, I, I, I'm glad that the, that diversity is becoming something less of a, it's, we have it now and, and more of a real priority. Like I don't, when I'm applying to these, to jobs, I, I, I don't want to be a, 
just a number. I don't mm-hmm. want to be, oh, great, we have a gay guy. Your awesome. token. Yeah, exactly. Token. I want to be hired to be because I'm good, and I want to be hired because my opinion and my perspective matter. Yeah. So then, you know, going piece by piece, how do you think teams experience more success by building a diverse group of people? Um, there's a few ways, and I think we can all contribute to this, having worked in different work environments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think diversity and variety of opinions is good regardless of your industry. You know, whether you were, you're a writer for a TV show or building the newest dating app or working in finance, having a diverse roster of opinions in the same room is great for brainstorming, for the quality of your product. Having dissident voices as opposed to groupthink is going to have a better outcome, you know, regardless. So that's, that's the first one. I also think for employee retention, that's really important because you just mentioned tokenization. If you are the one person um, and there's not the resources available for you to feel comfortable at your work, you know, if you hire a transgender person but you don't have gender neutral bathroom or accommodations or education and sensitivity awareness mm-hmm. um, for employees, if you feel like you're isolated and you don't have a community, you're not gonna stay at that place. And so not just having a person, but having multiple people and then having the resources in place to make the community feel comfortable is, is critical. Um, sorry, that's in your ball. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say it's it's really, really important. I think, you know, especially with technology now and how, you know, companies like Google and Amazon and Apple, you know, they build a product, but it, it affects and affects millions of people. Um, that are using it, you know, and um, I think you can't just have a group of, you know, I, I don't want to say white men, but, it, you know, white men, <laughs> white men. <laughs> um, in a room when, you know, you have African-Americans, you have, you know, Latinas and Latinos and, you know, Hispanic people using your, um, your software and your hardware. Um, so it's just super and super important that, you know, you get a lot of different voices Um, and backgrounds in a room when you're developing software or hardware. Yeah, and I think the, again, to harp on tokenization, I think the, like, opposite almost happens when you have a room of people, uh, when you have, sorry, it's the same people in a room, and they're all trying to think about, they're all trying to think about um, designing, let's say, or writing copy or designing an app for everyone, and they're like, well, I just need to either stereotype or guess how you know, a lesbian's going to use this or a person of color is going to use this and they put it out and then they open up the app and you're like, wow, that's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> so like, again, like to, to mention what we do at, at Jet, like all the copy that we're having focus groups where we actually put this in front of people yeah. and say, how does, you know, is this good? Is this right? Like, are we, are we tackling this? Because we're aware that we're still trying to build diversity within Jet and Walmart, but, um, actively recruiting people from the community to contribute is an awesome first step. You got involved with Jet. So Joe's been at Jet for now, how long? I think about nine months now. Nine months. And your first introduction was through an tech event we had there, right? It was. It was actually the first event I attended as a member of the New York team. I was Mm -hmm. one of the event leads, if you will. And this was an event. You were the event lead. I was one of them. It was, this was Carlos's event. But uh, I was there at the event and I and I saw this office and I was like, what is e-commerce? I'd worked in recruiting at Google before. I was at an architecture startup doing sales. And I was like, I don't know what you know, e-commerce means. Like I, I shop on Amazon, I guess. I had not until that point shopped on Jet, but now I exclusively shop on Jet, as I should. Um, Minor and, plug. Yes, exactly. Um, but 
after after being at that event, I spoke to people who worked there. Everyone was was so happy about the work they were doing. I saw like a lot of representation from the then Just Jet community actually at the panel. It was diverse. I could see myself there. I loved the office, and it was just an instant sell for me that you know I went and applied, and, and luckily they wanted me. So it's uh, I, I think out in tech. What's special about out in tech is just bringing all these people to these offices to see what the culture is like. And it's such an opportunity for all these companies looking to broaden their workforce and diversify their workforce in a really altruistic way that you can bring people and say, this is what we're about. And then me, Carlos, like, I think I don't, I can't even count all of our success stories. Yeah, of people. Unfortunately, <laughs> one thing we're not as good at is capturing those success stories. But anecdotally, I have dozens in my head of people who have gotten jobs because they attended an event. And for when you've attended some of these events, you know, it's a good yeah. way to network in a, in a way that seems informal and not too stuffy. Um, you know, so I'm from France, and, and one conversation, <laughs> one thing, <laughs> in case someone had no idea, um, one thing that my uh, my dad had asked me is like, so what do you talk about uh, these, because in France we don't like um, communitarism, there's this idea that you shouldn't be hanging out with a group of people because you're part of that group of people, right? So my dad and I have had a few conversations about the importance of out tech events and of having a safe space for queer people. He's like... Well, you know, if it's a professional event, why does it matter who you have sex with, how you identify from a gender identity perspective? Like, well, what's the big deal? Um, why do you need to talk about being queer when you're in a networking event? And I told him, ironically, I think people spend less time talking about their queerness at out tech events because it's not something they have to worry about within that setting. They just mm -hmm. come there and they don't have to worry about how they're sounding or people who are, you know, misgendering them or, you know, having to explain and come out. It's, uh, it's sort of a given. So this idea of coming to a panel event like Joe did and feeling comfortable and just being able to network without worrying about anything else um, and knowing that there's a sort of like a stamp of approval already from the company that like, you know, we are a sponsor of this event, we, you know, approve of, of queer people and we had to have someone opening the event saying, I'm the head of diversity mm -hmm. and, you know, we really value that mm -hmm. in our company. That's, uh, that's, that's big. Yeah. So then just final question. I, I kind of want to leave our audience with this um, as, as a means of highlighting how important accepting diverse culture is. What are some of the challenges or just a concrete moment where you felt so othered um, as, as an LGBTQ individual in the tech industry or, you know, in, 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 any, in any industry, really? It's, I, I don't, like, the, the moment I feel other, like, there's, like, a, I don't walk into a room or an event or, or a community and instantly feel othered. I think, um, I mean, I have enormous privilege of a, being a cis white man. I can walk into a room and fake it, if you will, and, it, and I can pretend to be straight and people get it. But then if I've sort of led that lie so, so long that I get in there and I'm like, and they're like, oh, what are you doing later? And I'm like, do I mention my boyfriend? Do I mention that I'm going to watch RuPaul? Do I mention that? <laughs> <laughs> like that's when I feel othered. Like I've I like I walk into certain events with a I need to present something, and I don't know what it is about those events. Maybe as we go around, I'll think about it. Um, maybe it's being super professional. I'm in tech and I wear sweaters and t-shirts, and being around suits makes me buckle up. I don't know, <laughs> but um, I, I you know that feeling. I, I, you know, I can't, I, I don't know if you guys have, 
experience that, but I, that's the most like uncomfortable feeling for me. And I literally feel like I'm from a different planet and then I'm like, okay, maybe I should leave. Yeah. You know, um, I completely empathize with Joe. I've been, I'm incredibly privileged to be a cis white man and, uh, you know, someone who was, who grew up in Paris and who now lives in New York, you know? Uh, yeah. so it's not like I've been called a faggot a couple of times, but it's not like, you know, this was within a work setting or something that traumatized me. Um, you know, my previous career, I actually don't come from the tech sector. I was a consultant for the United Nations for about five years before I joined Outtech full-time. So I used to travel to um, mostly developing countries to do trainings on how to use some uh, open source technology. Um, and I remember my first mission, I was 21 years old, and it was, it was one of my first like, lunch, lunches, and I was talking um, to a group of highly capable um, people from a UN agency I will not disclose. Um, <laughs> and I don't know how it came up, but they were talking about uh, someone's uh, gay cousin, and they all said that uh, he needed to get an exorcist uh, and that they needed to have the gay away and that, and someone said, well, my gay cousin uh, was able to be with a woman and then, uh, you know, became straight. There was all this misinformation and all this um, just, just horrible misbeliefs coming from a group of highly capable, intelligent people. And I yeah. think that was the weirdest part for me. Um, so obviously I didn't tell them I was uh, gay, didn't tell them I was Jewish either, because uh, there were also a few comments about that as well. Um, but I think knowing that homophobia can manifest itself, not just in a TV villain kind of yeah. way, but really permeates um, pretty much every industry and can come up in a, in a group setting when people don't know that there's a queer person at the table. Um, that's uh, It took my energy out for the day and I remember distinctively spending the rest of the week feeling afraid that they were going to discover that I was with a man and feeling like I couldn't talk about my personal life. It sucks up so much of your energy not to be yourself. It makes you a less competent person. Um, and it makes you live in fear. None of that is healthy. It's, it's toxic to live in that fear. But within my work environment, one of the great things um, about a lot of our events is we get uh, feedback. Yeah. So, for instance, we had our national conference a few weeks ago called Out Tech Talks. And that one of the people uh, who came um, is trans. And she said in her feedback, like, like, I'm not out of work. I pass as a cisgender woman and to be surrounded by people where I could just be myself, like that's amazing. And I don't know what would happen if I came out as a trans person at work, but I would lose my job probably. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, when I first started out in my career and I was always, you know, the more junior person. And at that time I was on a team with about 10 male engineers. Um, so not only was I on a team where I was a minority, um, but I was also I was also the most junior out of everyone, um, and I didn't come out. I didn't say you know I was when people asked me what are you doing on the weekend, I wouldn't say at the time I was dating someone. Oh, I'm gonna hang out with my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I was just like oh you know I'm not really sure, um, and it, it sucks right like. I wish I could say, I'm going to hang out with my girlfriend. We have all these like, really cool plans. Usually we were just like hanging yeah. out watching TV. But <laughs> <laughs> That's a really cool yeah. plan. <laughs> That's what um, Joe does with Absolutely. <laughs> but it's like you can't be your full self at work. And I think it did you know, affect me a little bit. And um, you know, when people ask you, oh, are you like dating anyone? You know, I can't wait for the day when people ask, oh, what, are you dating anyone? Instead of asking, do you have a boyfriend? Mm -hmm. They ask you, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? You know, like, um, it's an open-ended question, yeah. right? Because everyone just assumes that I'm straight because, you know, I have 
semi-long hair, sometimes I wear lipstick, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and yeah, I just, I really can't wait for that day. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be a good day. I mean, I, I feel like I've been, I've been really fortunate. I, my coming out was kind of like at my work, um, at DMN actually was, it was kind of accidental, but not so much. I, I wanted to go to this conference called Lesbians Through Tech. Yes. Um, and I, and I went to my boss and I was like, so I want to go to this conference. <laughs> um, but by telling you the conference that I want to go to is, is, it's going to be kind of revealing and he was like, well, what's the conference? And I'm like, it's called Lesbians Who Tech. And he goes, oh, okay, isn't Cheryl Sandberg speaking at that this year? And I'm like, yes. And it was, it was, it was, like, it was like that, that, that worry that I had that whole time just kind of totally you know, went over my shoulder. But I don't, awesome. I don't think that most people are you know, that fortunate for sure. Yeah, I mean, in New York City, right, everyone's, for the most part, you know, very accepting because we live in such a melting pot of different yeah. cultures and different experiences. Um, but I can't imagine working, you know, maybe somewhere in the middle of America where, you know, it isn't so liberal um, and how that could be, you know, coming out to your boss or wanting to go to a lesbian soup tech conference or wanting to go to an out in tech conference and bringing that up to your mm-hmm. boss, right? Like, um, it's not as, as easy, I believe, you know, for some yeah. people, yeah, which is, you know, progress that needs to be made and yeah. it will be made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your candor. Um, I, I likewise have, I've been, I, I was called a kike dyke recently, <laughs> which I was like, well, that's a new one. Like kike is like a derogatory term for Jew and, you know, wow, dyke. Really? Lesbian. Yeah, kike dyke. And I was like, well, you know, kudos to you for some who kind the, of imagination. Oh, I don't even want to get into it. But it was just like, I was like, what the heck? You know, um, oh subsequently, my friend texted me the other day and she was like, I, you'll never like I was listening to somebody in our building talking on the phone and they were like we need to send the gays to camps and I was like you know what to be honest that sounds like a really good time <laughs> <laughs> so you know that, all that just to say there you know they're always going to be just yeah. shitty people doing and saying shitty things but for people like us I think we have this responsibility to be vocal about who we are and to influence and affect change in an industry that seems coming off of Me Too and Black Lives Matter and, you know, advocacy against the Trump administration, an industry why that seems ready to embrace who we are and embrace change. So. It's, it's a really, I completely agree with you, and it's a really unique time for tech companies. One of the reasons why I was interested in making that switch from volunteer um, to a full-time position is because as an LGBTQ activist, I really think that tech companies now, as the largest employer, I mean, it's the largest industry in the world, have a huge opportunity to change the game when it comes to how you treat your employees. And also, you know, as someone who is international and has traveled internationally, those are all companies that have campuses and operations in countries where being queer is illegal. So the idea that a company that within its global charter has non-discrimination deeply rooted within its DNA, that could be in a country that's discriminatory. What does that mean? What are the responsibilities? You know, and now you go to Pride, it's mostly sponsored by tech companies, <laughs> for better or for worse. But that means that there is a responsibility for tech companies to treat their employees well, but also to stand up against bigoted policies, as we saw in the last couple of years. So yeah. agreed. Well, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you, Hillary. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>